Welcome to the Second News for Everyone podcast. We welcome all people, regardless of race, gender, sexual orientation, or background, to learn about their Second Amendment right and all aspects of firearms ownership. Welcome to episode 96 of the Second News for Everyone <laughs> podcast. Hey, I'm trying to think of a name for this one, and um, it'll probably pop up in the top. It's like when I get to Arizona or just the Arizona episode. I don't know. Really, that's not the important part. The important part is I made it out here to Arizona <clears throat> after crazy delays and ridiculousness on my part. And uh, yesterday was actually my speech. It was great. Uh, <laughs> it was really like a wonderful day. Like the sun was shining, the wind wasn't blowing hard. It was like 65 degrees out. Beautiful Arizona day. Dang, this looks nice. You know, in, in February. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. You have a Second Amendment rally in July. Do not call me. I, I, I'll do it online. I, I will not be here, <laughs> but right now in February, it was beautiful. So I am, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm going to tell you guys about this. It, it was a fun day. I arrived early. Uh, they wanted us there by 945. So of course I showed up at like, I don't know, a few minutes after eight. <laughs> I wanted to see what it was like. People, vendors were setting up. They had a, a good number of vendors. I did a little walkthrough and videotaped my walkthrough. Um, but I didn't, um, I wish I would have stopped more, but it was like so much to take in and I was trying to take it all in because in this time of, you know, video and, and, and Instagram stuff, it's like, dude, I just want to see stuff for real. Like, I don't want to take every seven seconds to take a picture. Hey, this is a booth I walk past, or these are some guys I talked to because like retro t-shirts, I had some cool t-shirts and they just don't sell in big boy sizes. And, uh, but, but they have some cool stuff. They got the Hawaiian kind of boogaloo shirts and they have firearms hidden in the shirt design on some of them pretty cleverly and on others blatantly. So you can wear stuff, you know, to an event like a cookout or, you know, get together and not be blasting that I love guns, but, you know, have guns on your shirt as a kind of F you. I think that's pretty cool. Um, so I walked around a little bit before the event, uh, got checked in, saw who was there. So Lindsey Graham, who's a female, not, not the Senator from South Carolina. Uh, this lady is an author, uh, wrote a book about being a mom, second amendment, something I, and then there was some girl who shoots, who has Instagram. She was there. Uh, Rhonda Mary. Uh, of course, Cheryl Todd ran the place. Her daughter was awesome, Casey. She's there with the kids. I mean, it was just a fun get-together with some people I know, some people I didn't, and I get to, I got to meet them. Uh, I think this guy was Sheriff Mike Lamb out here in Arizona. He was there, and people were going nuts over him. This dude looks like an extra from one of the freaking TV shows. Like, he'd fit right in the Yellowstone. I forgot, my wife says, like, some show called Big Sky. He looks like he's one of those cast members. Really nice guy, speaking to everyone. I don't know who he is from a bucket of paint, 
but it seems that he's very popular out here in Arizona. And uh, he was there. Oh, yeah, John Correa from uh, Actual Shelf Protection was there. So it was great seeing him, getting a hug from him. Uh, he was actually a speaker scheduled to go on before me. And uh, the crowd was there. I mean, there was a few hundred people there, which was cool. They were going in and out. They were all all ages. Uh, people were open carrying, and it was hilarious to see the kind of stuff that people open carry. Um, because they came to the event just, I mean, they came to the event knowing they were going to carry this. So it was a conscious decision on some of these people to bring these guns. And I wanted to get more pictures of the guns, but then I was like, you can't, you can't hide the smirk. You can't hide the smirk. One of the guys. So I'm with one of the firearms instructors, uh, who was there. Uh, who's a friend of Ursula's, Ursula Williams, who's a competitive shooter, uh, firearms trainer, Second Amendment advocate, and one of the speakers. And, uh, uh, dang, I forget the guy's name. I feel like a dork, but it's only because my memory sucks and I have his card in my pocket uh, on my pants from yesterday. But anyway, so we're there, and I'm talking to him, and one of the guys comes up, and this was after my speech, and said, hey, listen, really great speech. I really appreciate you coming out from Jersey. And he was in full kit. I mean, full kit, multiple magazines. Uh, his SIG his P320 was in somehow in a chess rig with some soft-sided Uncle Mike's type holster. Um, he had like a boonie hat on. He had a AR pistol with like a 10 and a half inch barrel with no, no uh, brace on it whatsoever. It was just a buffer tube. And he was talking about how it has no kick. And I looked down. I was like, oh, what's, what kind of flashlight is that? He was like, oh, it's something I just ordered off of Amazon. And he proceeds to muzzle the instructor. As he empties, he, he takes his mag out. I'm like, oh, I don't need to see anything. You don't need to take anything out, bro. I mean, there's, there's no reason to. And then I look and I notice his gun's not on safe. It's on fire. It's on fire. I'm not going to correct this dude because he was going to the car and leaving. And I'm like, he told me he did 10 years in the infantry. But you're sitting here with your gun, your AR pistol, with the safety off, loaded magazine inserted. I don't know whether he had one in the chamber or not, and it makes no difference. I'm like... I'm, I'm, dude, I'm just here. <laughs> I want to live. I don't know these people. <clears throat> and uh, this dude is just a walking safety violation. And I'll talk about this later on. So that was one guy. So, dude, the people there were awesome. They had so they had this lady walking. I mean, I really wish I would have taken more pictures, but I didn't want to be that weird dude because People didn't know who I am, and I swear there was only like five black people there. We got to work on that, too. And I'm not talking about anybody but the black people. Hey, if we don't participate in the process, you can't be mad because you're not included in the process. That simple. Nobody's going to do the heavy lifting for you. And if they do, they're going to speak for you, too, and they might speak for you. And that's not something you'd say or not something you want. 
So if you want to have a voice, you got to be there to lend your voice. So I'm there and I'm checking out what we're doing, uh, what some people are doing. They had this lady. She was cute as a button. She couldn't have been more than like five foot three. She had a full size FAL with the gear. I thought that was just cool as I don't know what, because most dudes were walking around with AR pistols. Some had full-size ARs, but most dudes had AR pistols. And here, this girl was rocking. I found, I saw two women, including Lauren Liberty, who I interview on this show. She had a friggin' full-size SOCOM with the, uh, what is it, cage? Uh, the, The whole... EBR look. So it was just all metal. I'm telling you, her firearm had to weigh 15 pounds. <laughs> so it was it was really great just being there, seeing these people, seeing different people. It was a festive event. Uh who knows? It's funny how um anti-gun wackos always seem threatened at these events. I was walking, there were a bunch of proud boys there. Dude, I'm walking through the crowd, Proud Boys knuckle bumping me left and right, what's up, welcome to the place, real freaking, my whole thing I've noticed with the Proud Boys and what they say about the Proud Boys is, they never have a name, it's always they say, well what have these people done, they don't like, they don't like whom? Because I saw a bunch of dudes walking around with all kinds of people yesterday. Uh, Purple hair people, uh, whatever you want to call them. But these were gun owners, one and all. They were Vietnam vets. They were just everybody walking around just being American, having their own opinions, but being respectful. It was a wonderful thing, and I was glad to be part of it. And that's what this show is going to be about. And that's what some of the points I'm going to talk about are going to be about. So I hope you enjoy this show. This is the Arizona Second Amendment rally episode because it was their 10th annual event. And I feel blessed to be invited. And I want to work really hard to get invited back out next year so we can combine this with a diversity shoot and make something really cool happen. So I'll talk to you later. See you in the next segment. U.S. Law Shield. I'm working with U.S. Law Shield. Our code is 2A4E. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about getting uh, carry insurance, U.S. Law Shield is a good one to go to in New Jersey. It's the only option we have. So if you live in NJ... U.S. Law Shield, 2A4E is the code. If you live outside of Jersey and in a state that allows you to pick any of them, compare. And if U.S. Law Shield offers you the best thing, I'd say come back here. What does U.S. Law Shield offer you? 24-7, 365 coverage, uh, emergency coverage with an attorney. They even have non-emergency attorney. So if you have some questions about legality, instead of going in a Facebook forum, Just call up the number to the lawyer and speak to one and see if it's legal. And it's firearms related. These are actual lawyers that know about those laws. Every lawyer doesn't because they don't specialize in it. 
You also don't have to pay any attorney fees. They ain't, there are no caps. There's no hourly limit and no deductible. So you get a lawyer and it covers all legal weapons and they give you state specific educational videos, updates and online resources. And all of this for as little as $10.95 a month. So I'm saying join U.S. Law Shield and then help us out with 2A4E as a code to let them know you heard it here. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Talk to you later. Hey guys, I told you I was changing up with the uh, 2A4E podcast. I'm improving it. I'm stepping up the game. And... Uh, I decided I want to talk to two A women because one, not enough get the coverage they deserve, and then there's some superstars in it, like Ronda Mary. And guess who I ran into over here in friggin' Phoenix? Man, I ran into the Ronda Mary. Hey, Ronda, hit him with your hit, hit him with your call sign. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, yeah. Um, the whole thing is the usual thing that you, when you get on podcast. Can you tell people about yourself and your little or, origin story? I didn't mean to say it like a little origin story, but a little about yourself, your origin story. Okay, so hey y'all, my name is Rhonda Mary. Um, let's see, where do I start? So basically, I started as a YouTuber, right? I wanted to just talk about different concepts and around that time was the same time that it was like oh fake news fake news and so as I started learning more I'm like okay well if this is fake what's real and so as I started you know learning more I did a walk away video that did like a lot of numbers and I started getting you know more eyes and things on what I was doing and simultaneously I can't remember exactly when but somewhere around that time I ended up being in a hit and run slash roll rage incident where the responding officer just happened to be a young black woman like me and she was like where was your gun and I was like my what and she was like yeah where was your gun you know and to me I mean it's just like a light bulb went off because it was like okay you're your own first responder you weren't prepared to protect your life before I got here you know and obviously she was glad that I was okay but it was kind of just like a fair warning and so after that I was already becoming more open to different concepts um, because I was learning more about history at the time about politics and all these other things and so I was like cool I want to get armed and as I get armed I want to teach other people and take them on this journey with them tell them about what I'm learning and as I did that I mean it just really resonated with people people loved it and yeah, here I am. It's a beautiful thing. Because people don't understand how you make something happen. And I'm like, by doing something. And it's like, it ain't going to happen without you putting some effort in. Correct. Oh, how'd you get to where you were, Rhonda? Yes. Put in work. I literally have people asking me that. And I'm thinking, like, I don't I don't even know how to explain it to you. Like, I just went for it. I just did something. It's, it's so amazing. And it's inspiring. And even sometimes I'm in awe to be at a point where I am and I'm just getting started but knowing that I've had the opportunity to meet so many great people to go to so many great places doing something that I love because an idea that started literally in my mind I was like I want to do this and then I just started doing it (laughs) and now I'm all the way in Arizona dude I was riding up 
taking the taxi and I looked over and I saw the whole government complex and I went, what am I doing here? <laughs> and, and, and it is funny, man, because it's just putting in work and what you believe in and other people believing in you too. And now you up on stage and you had the crowd in the middle of your palm and you were just doing your Ronda Mary. I mean, from the initial, hey, y'all, <laughs> to you walking off. They were all, there wasn't a whole bunch of talking in the crowd because you weren't saying the same thing everybody else did. Mm-hmm. So I think they appreciated that. So um, <clears throat> if you need uh, to see Rhonda, because you really do, and you need to listen to a podcast, and you need to follow her on uh, her social media, how do they do that? They can, uh, I have RondaMary.com, and it gives you all the links to my Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm on all of these platforms as Rhonda underscore Mary, or I am Rhonda Mary. You know, with all the censorship stuff, they try to, you know, I've been kicked off some of these platforms and gotten back on. And I thought you were saying they need to see me because of how gorgeous I am. I thought that's where the... Oh, they need to see that too, but understand, (laughs) the more you hear you... The more you realize how smart you are and you'll be attracted to her mind, then you'll see her and be like, whoa. Oh, okay. She I yeah. too. <laughs> She's devastating. She's firing on all cylinders. <laughs> um, my whole thing is to actually get people to actually listen yes, to somebody absolutely. like you with a different perspective, a different perception of how you see things. And I think it's important because it aligns with a lot of people who don't have a voice. And I think that's important. And that's what I wanted so much. Like, I've never tried to pass myself off as, like, the most tactical. Like, I'm not trying to be John with Keisha. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, none of that. Like, just your everyday girl. Like, I want when people look at me to say, oh, wow, like, she carries a firearm. Like, she knows how to defend herself. Like, she's learning about this. I can do that. You know, she looks like me and her can hang out. We could be friends. She reminds me of my neighbor, somebody I went to school with. She doesn't look like, oh, this is like the biggest, scariest thing. And so the biggest thing for me is trying to make it relatable for like everyday women. There's way more just everyday gun owners than people trying to be Rambo, military, police, any of those other things. And that's one of the things that we, when we started training people, we were doing the same thing. Look, man, if you ever see me do a shoulder roll into a room with my firearm, my fat ass tripped. That's what happened. All right. I fell into the room and now I got to fight from my back. But speaking of that, let's use that for a segue. What you been doing all week? Oh, my God. So I have been getting beat up all week in Arizona. I've literally been training since um, earlier this week, Monday, eight hours a day. I've done a lot of pistol training. I've done hand-to-hand self-defense. I want to make sure that when I'm talking to women about this, I can be as genuine as possible and really making sure that I have a good understanding of these concepts. That way I can translate them into and just make it as easy and digestible as more women come on board exactly we try to do the same thing man it's everybody doesn't speak gun people language and i think a lot of gun people don't get that oh no and it's like hey dude not only do they not speak the language they have no intention of learning it so how do we get people to the range first and then they'll start picking up on it and they'll start using those words even if they don't know what they mean in the beginning um so Tell me something. What's your everyday carry? Do you have a couple of them? 
So right now I'm carrying the SIG uh, 320. That's what I'm carrying and training with. Um, I'm also probably gonna be switching my everyday carry to the uh, Smith & Wesson Performance Center. It's nice, I'm able to manage the recoil well and it's small enough to be very concealable on me. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of going between those two right now, which I shouldn't, but I'm, yeah, I'm gonna. You gotta figure it out. Plus, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with carrying a couple of different types. Yeah. Uh, Rob Pincus is one of the ones that had me laugh, and he was like, "Look, you find a gun that you like, get two of them, because mm. if a situation ever happens, correct, you're gonna have to turn one over to the police. Oh, well, Lord. they ain't taking your holster. You can you can carry up until oh, you Oh yeah, that's shot. true. Boom. <laughs> that's true. The gun you comfortable with. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're gonna be quick because I'm actually speaking close to next because we're already at 12 o'clock, and I'm supposed to go on after John Korea, and uh, Rhonda's got to get something to eat, and truthfully. <laughs> I wanted you to get a taste of Rhonda, find out what she's like, how, what she's com where she's coming from, not only as an advocate, as a trainer, and as a person. So we will continue this on, but I really wanted to get this because I thought it was important that we get it live at this event. As you can hear people talking in the background, I wanted to get the whole ambiance of what it's like at this 2A rally and the people you can meet. So thanks a lot, Rhonda. I appreciate your time. Thank you. You Bye going to train and learn this year? Uh, I don't know yet. I hope so. All right, cool. I hope so. I really hope so. I would love to be there. All right, I won't step on your line now. You can tell everybody bye. <laughs> bye, y'all. Make sure you check me out. Go over to my website, rondamary.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. See you next segment. Hey, we're going into tactical concepts, and you weren't going to get away with that, <laughs> not having one, because really what I want to talk about is some of the firearms these guys are carrying at uh, the 2A rally in Phoenix, Arizona. Wow. It was quite the collection of firearms. The mentality was hilarious because it was all over the board. It was dudes just showing off their cool gun. So they had it slung up. They had no extra mags. They had no gear. They just wanted to rock out with their coolest gun. And I thought that was awesome. Um, I was walking around and I really wanted to start taking pictures of dudes and ladies and, and, and post their stuff because it was so freaking cool. But you know what? Just go to my stories. I'm going to start pulling stuff from different people's pages to uh, have it on there because I think it's so cool. Um... Like, <laughs> friggin' Lady Liberty, excuse me, Lauren Liberty. I don't know why I tried to call her Lady Liberty. Hey, she is from New York. Lady Liberty's, well, it's actually in New Jersey, if you didn't know Statue of Liberty's in New Jersey. Anyway, <clears throat> she had that uh, <laughs> M1 SOCOM in the uh, whole, uh, what do you call that kit? Dang, I wish I would have looked it up. I think it was called Cage, I think is the name of the company. I forget the name of it, but it was all just really freaking cool um you can see her photos actually the picture she has with me that i'm gonna put in as the uh, thumbnail for this uh, for this podcast it, it freaking rocks bro uh thing weighs like 12 pounds i swear it has to weigh at least 12 pounds i saw some dudes walking around with ars with uh 60 round drum mags uh, i saw a lot of ar pistols i saw fals i saw ak's i saw just rpk's Dudes were just rocking out with some of the coolest stuff. And then some of the guys had stuff, and you know they don't shoot it. 
you know they brought it out, or, or maybe they do shoot it, but they brought it out as they're like, if you don't know what a barbecue gun is, is the firearm you bring to show off to a barbecue. Well, this was their version of a barbecue gun, or <laughs> and it was like they were just guns on parade, man. Dudes had different things, and I thought it was really cool because firearms serve a lot of different purposes. So you had, uh, I saw one guy with a short barrel AR with a, a, a blast deflector on it, but it was like red handguard, uh, cool, uh, cool uh, pistol brace on it. And and uh, it was just awesome. And then you saw some people with, bro, just some of the gear, like the most inexpensive drop leg holster that you get with an order for free. I mean, straight up wish.com drop leg holsters that were around their knee. And I'm like, you, you don't train with that. You don't rock that. You've never ran a class with that. And if you did, you were inconvenienced as heck and either no one there corrected you or they didn't know any better either, which is also one of the reasons you might want to be careful who you train with. But I'm like, your, your holster shouldn't be that far down. It should be when you bring your hand down naturally, your hand should still rest on your firearm. In my opinion, and that's all it's based on, it, it's my opinion to see another dudes wear it you have that drop leg so you get it your gun off your belt because maybe you have a war belt with a lot of other stuff on it or you have a, a plates on or in my back in the day I mean we had the old school flak flak jackets and you're not going to have a pistol there because the pistol and the flak jacket kind of over the, the flak jacket overlaps the pistol so you wouldn't be able to retrieve it when you need it <sighs> Bruh, look if you got a gun and you're gonna go to something like that, you should check your equipment and make sure you can actually run it. Look, I know a lot of people just showing it off, but some of the stuff, like when you came out with all the gear, but nothing, absolutely nothing, looked like you could run it. Like you spent the money on the gear. You have, you have the, <laughs> and I love the people that <laughs> had plate carriers with no plates in it because <laughs> truth, that kicks, kicks your ass. Uh, some dudes had full loadout, and again, cool, because you could tell the difference between dudes that actually ran their stuff and guys that were playing dress-up. Dress-up is cool, cosplay is cool, but understand when you're hanging out with other dudes that actually run their plate, you can see the difference. You can see the difference in everything from the quality of sling they use to the quality of gear they had. I'm laughing because I was standing beside Ursula. And Ursula was like, sees a guy coming and he looks like, in her, in her words, he looks like a 10. But when I saw his gear, his gear was like a 2. And that just brought him way down. And I'm looking at my man and he has, nothing is wrong with a retro AR, right? But you had a retro AR with like the old school, and let's talk about from my day, GI Sling. You had a drop leg holster that was all Velcro and, and way too low and hanging off his side. So it was, how do you have a drop leg holster that's flopping? Oh, Tony, you're just making fun of people's gear. I'm not making fun of people. Well, cool. Yeah, kind of. I am not even going to lie. Stuff is funny. But the other part is this. You brought the gear. You brought it out. You put it on. And you 
you can't possibly run that. Now, how, how, why are you so judgmental? Because I've done it. I've done the horrible gear thing, and I had to build myself back up from it. Look, certain stuff you can get away with. Condor. Condor used to be Condor's company that makes web gear. It started off pretty much airsoft quality. There were certain things you could use because as a big dude, a lot of these companies with the tactical homeboys uh, couldn't fit my fat ass. It just wouldn't fit. Condor made it because Condor is made for airsoft. But like a battle belt, guess what? It works regardless. It held up, run around, <laughs> hanging up on stuff when we played airsoft back in the day. Uh, with 30 round GI type mags, you know, airsoft mags, but they all fit in there. I was able to retrieve my stuff. It's not all frayed up. I ran one class with it um, when I had the SKS, and it was effective for what it was. I am not going to be redeployed in the military. So, in my mind, some of that stuff I don't need. Do I need a mag carrier? I have it for classes that I may run. Do I have everything set up to defend my home with an AR? With pat? No, I don't. Should I? I think I should. So I'm going to be working on that, but that, that goes into not really that great of a priority. But when I get the gear, I'll put it on. I'll talk about it. Because... I have a boomstick, I have a shotgun, I have the 12 gauge for home defense uh, in my house. Why? Because it's actually only for home defense in my house. Now, somebody that enjoys watching things like not in fancy videos and videos from other people and they're talking about what happens if poop hits the fan, which poop you talking about? Let's be realistic about what we're talking about. I still remember laughing and not in fancy talking about setting up roadblocks in his hometown uh, if in his neighborhood to stop people from coming in and looting in the neighborhood. I'm like, that's taking on an entire, that's a whole mentality and a legality that you need to think about. And gear is not that big of a part of it. If you don't believe me, look at every video from every third world country, every, and I'm talking about real, real video from news me. You don't need all of that stuff to stop civilians from looting, running gunfights, multiple mag changes, uh, you know, a combat loadout. That's all cool, but have you trained with it? Have you ran around with it? Do you know how it kicks your butt? Guess what? People uh, don't want to get shot. So, you know, your two, three mags, your mini chest carrier with like three magazines in it, first aid kit, uh, IFAC. That's kind of okay. If you're outside the house and poop goes sideways, if you want to gear up like like you're going to be in a third battle with Fallujah, knock yourself out. But run your gear, and you'll see why. Maybe a lot of people don't really carry that. You'll see why, over time, the, the type of gear changed from dudes who were running military-like early 2000s gear to minimalist and, and low profile or lower profile gear that a lot of people were talking about, well, guys, they were undercover, they were running this, or when they were operating in other countries and they wanted to keep a low profile, 
Well, that's because that stuff worked back then. You have to get your skill level up so you're not blasting through six magazines in the civilian world. I don't know where that's taking place, even during Hurricane Katrina. There weren't prolonged gunfights. I mean, the longest shooting incident I heard about was uh, police on a bridge against unarmed people, which they later had to pay for and explain. But uh, I was like, yo, they, they weren't any. When somebody saw you had a gun and somebody saw you, maybe you're willing to shoot at them, they left. So if, if buy your gear, use your gear, or don't, but understand people will be able to see the difference. And if you have gear but a false sense of security that you know how to use it, you're setting yourself up for failure. If you're buying it because of poop hits the fan, then you should really have gear that can work. So you get a sling. You don't buy the cheapest sling you can find off of Amazon. You find a sling with a reputation of actually being used by people in classes. Because when you run a four-hour class, a eight-hour class, or even a two- or three-day carbine class, you will learn how your gear works. So that's one of the things I suggest. You don't have to go to the nationally known uh, trainers, or as I used to say, or have said, celebrity trainers, you can go to your local dude because it's going to be a lot cheaper. But you get to run your gear. And you also get to see what gear other people have. And you get to feel whether your A2 pistol grip is really that big of a difference than uh, various other pistol grips you can buy from other companies. Check it out. Just something that simple can change how you shoot your gun. It's not that it, I'm going to say some, something that sounds contradictory. Your base level, your basic M forgery that you can pick up from PSA, your basic, you know, just GI, pretty much everything, including trigger, A2 birdcage, flash hider, that basic gun you can pick up will do you well, but you have to run it and, and make sure it works. Then you can put a decent sling on it. Make sure you have iron sights. If you have a fixed front sight base, that's cool because that thing works and really it takes, it takes a lot to break those. Uh, you can have a fixed rear sight and you're good. Are you at a disadvantage against somebody with a red dot? Yes, you are because you have to line up front sight, rear sight, and target. And if you're ever in a defensive situation, that's a lot to concentrate on, especially if you haven't got training and don't have unconscious competence on how to make those rounds go where they are. And by that, I mean unconscious competence, the ability, the, the <clears throat> marksmanship fundamentals and the mechanics on how to run your gun subconsciously. I have that because the Marine Corps drilled that into me. And then I've taken classes and I have never stuttered in running my AR because again, Marine Corps don't play. I didn't play when it comes to training, changing mags, being able to run my rifle. I think it's important to know as an instructor, but it's important to know as a self-defender also. What else? Uh, handgun. I saw some dudes with a P365 is their gun in all their gear. That might be their carry pistol, and they just got a holster for it to put on for, for their little <laughs> 2A parade. 
their their little two A pageant, and they wanted to have a sidearm on them that they knew and they shot. That's cool. But little pistols are more difficult to shoot, but they're easier to hide. I want to be able to hit what I'm aiming at again with unconscious competence, and distance makes a difference. Seven yards and in is many, many, many self-defense encounters. Totally understand that. But understand, worst case scenario, you're playing percentages. And a Glock 19 size gun or slightly bigger, if you can carry that in a good holster with a good belt and carry it concealed, it's going to be easier to shoot. Duty size guns, much easier to shoot, less recoil uh, theoretically, easier to get rapid shots accurately on target. Everything has a niche, everything has a purpose when it comes to almost anything, but firearms definitely. Your small, snub nose, easily disappearing five shot 38 caliber revolver is a decent self defense firearm. But that's if you carry it outside the house, you can always grab it because of the lightweight. Uh, it doesn't have different magazines, you shouldn't have a problem with that. And it should feed anything, and it's really dependable for the most part. Cool. Would I suggest that exact same thing for a home defense handgun? No. Why am I limited to size? Get a bigger handgun with more ammo in it, a longer sight base, and uh, more velocity from the rounds, 9mm, 40-45, I don't care. But it's easier to shoot a larger gun. And in a home defense scenario, you don't have to carry it a far, you know, a long distance. You should also have a holster for it in case anything happens. You can put the gun away or not have to have both hands on, you know, on the gun. You can do other things. Holster your gun, answer the phone, answer the door. Police comes. If you have to use the thing, your handgun is put away. If the bad guy is still laying on the floor proned out because you told him not to move and he's not moving, I wouldn't want to put my gun down on the coffee table to let the cops in the house. But what I could do and would do would be stick my gun in a holster, cover with the shirt, answer the door, making sure I keep my hands clean and go, there's the bad guy. Why? Because that sucker could pop up, grab your gun, and now there's a shootout in your house with cops that weren't prepared and you just turned your gun over to the bad guy. Oh, Tony, that's a crazy scenario. Really? You really, really, really need to listen to Act of Self-Protection. Watch their podcast, excuse me, listen to their podcast, watch their videos, and also self-defense gun stories to find out what real bad guys do in situations. One thing they're 100% consistent with is they're unpredictable and inconsistent. What else? Uh, let me see, rifle, caliber, don't care. I do not care. The over-penetration thing is, is, is stop. I don't care if you use a 30 6 I don't care if you use 30-30. Don't care if you use a 9mm carbine, 5.56, 7.62x39, 5.45. That's one of the least important issues, uh, at least as far as over-penetration. If you're using a rifle caliber, you're probably going to take the bad guy down if you hit them. But regardless of the caliber, whether it's 22 long rifle or... 300 wind mag you can't spray bullets all over god's creation you're responsible for each round that comes out of the firearm all of that's more important than caliber 
You want a caliber that you can actually <clears throat> practice with without breaking the bank. And I'm talking about shooting it at least once a month if it's your self-defense firearm. There is no shortcuts in defending your home, defending your life, and defending yourself. You need to practice. You need to dry fire. You need to know how to reload and clear malfunctions automatically. I'm sorry, but if you're waking up because <clears throat> there's a bump in the night, you're not going to strap on your handgun as your secondary firearm and your rifle as your primary. And then when you have a problem with it, what, you're going to just chuck the rifle and, and draw your pistol? No, you're not. No, you're not. There's a reason the military teaches you to clear it. Nobody switches to their secondary, dude. Maybe SWAT teams do. Maybe. Maybe. So anyway, that was tactical concepts. It went a little wide because I just kept clicking on things in my mind that uh, off the top of my head that you really need to check. Reality's a mofo. And, and it turns liars, uh, turns us all into liars sometimes. So, hey man, get out, get training. Whatever gun you get, run that gun. One of the guns I enjoy shooting is my High Point 995 in the bullpup chest from High Tower Armory. I know you guys get sick of hearing it, and I really don't care because unlike a lot of the dudes on YouTube and talk stuff, they say some gun is their favorite gun and you never see it again. I've used this gun for years now, and it runs, and yes, I'm to the point now, again, only using, uh, <laughs> only using full metal jacket, I really need to pick up some ammo that's hollow point and run through it and give you guys my opinion on how that works in that particular gun. But dude, with an overall length of less than three feet, shooting a pistol caliber out of a 16 inch barrel, so you're well into the plus P uh, uh, power ranges when you use a nine, regular 9 mil. I don't see anything wrong, like all of them, if they run like mine, regardless of caliber, from 380 up to 10 mil. I think in the setup I just described, you can't really beat it. The only thing that kind of sucks is the magazine capacity. And if you live in a free state, you can get the red ball uh, magazines and just run them to make sure they work like advertised. And I think you got something good for pretty much 500 bucks. All right, guys, that was Tactical Concepts. On to the next segment. <laughs> Hello, this is the, uh, what the heck? Oh, yeah, the Arizona episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out, hi, this is episode 95, 96, I don't know. I'm in Arizona, and I just came back from uh, your 10th annual Second Amendment rally in Phoenix. And because you, who she was, the fact that I wanted to interview her. <laughs> so, of course, I said, hello, we took a picture. <laughs> she posted a tweet, and I was like, I'm so stupid, I don't know how I'm going to breathe. <laughs> hey. Uh, hello, uh, it was wonderful to meet you today. 
it was great meeting you too. I, I had a heck of an intro. I mean, the guy before me actually ruled the room and made a Senate, announce, Senate announcement that he was running for Senate. I'm like, I couldn't think of a worse combo to walk in after. Right? Yeah, he really, uh, <laughs> he didn't leave you much to work with afterwards, but you did great. Don't worry. <laughs> so let's about you, man. I mean, you you picked up some notoriety because um, a actual elected official showed his true colors and his lack of concern for his constituents. So can you give us uh, some background on you and how you ended up there that day and run the whole story? Yeah, absolutely. So I am uh, originally from New York and I... I left when I was 26, but I, you know, I started to realize a few years before I left that I lived in a place where I was not able to legally protect myself and my family. Um, I just realized that I was like a sitting duck and I I didn't want to live there anymore. I didn't want to live in a state that didn't allow me that right. Um, So, you know, my right to protect myself is super important. Um, I have a condition called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So like I can't physically fight. So my right to be able to carry a tool of self-defense is super important to me. Um, and so I lived in Florida for a few years. Uh, I got my concealed carry permit, like as soon as I moved down to Florida and I've carried a pistol every day for the last, like, I don't know, 12 years or so. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully, you know, I've never had to use it. I've never had to pull it on anybody. And But I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it, you know? Yep. <laughs> um, 100%. Right? <laughs> I always say that. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, probably about four years almost, uh, I moved to Arizona. And last year was my first time going to the second amendment rally. Um, but I actually was the second vice chair of the Arizona libertarian party. So we got a booth. Um, so that was why I had even gone in the first place, but I knew it was going to be right up my alley. And I had met, um, Cheryl Todd, who is the Arizona, uh, I believe she's like the state coordinator for the DC project. She was Mm -hmm. freaking awesome. Love her. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it, man. Like as soon as I met Cheryl, it was like, she was like, Oh, let me introduce you to this person. And this person, this is just like, she knows everyone. She's incredible. And, um, she had gotten me into this group where, you know, they post, uh, whoever, you know, does somebody want to go to testify for this bill? And I was like, hell yeah, I'd been wanting to get up to the Arizona legislature anyway. So um, there was two bills that we were going to speak on. And the one bill was, it basically, anybody that has their concealed carry would be allowed to carry their uh, firearm in a public place. So like in anywhere like a government building you know whatever um and I had testified for that and when I was giving my testimony I didn't really realize how like emotional I was going to be because I'm not really an emotional person Mm -hmm. um but I was testifying about how I was 
um, attacked by a guy and it was at a public event and I wasn't supposed to carry my firearm and me being a law abiding citizen, I left my firearm at home and this guy stalked me from the internet and he attempted to abduct me. He tried to drag me into his car and because of my condition, I physically can't fight back. So really all I could do and I, I just dead weight myself and I just dropped to the ground and eventually he left me alone but that was really all I could do and it was a terrible feeling so I testified how important it is for people that have uh I mean any sort of desire to protect themselves to be able to carry and I I I said that you know, I don't carry because I want to harm anybody else. I carry because I don't want to be harmed. And that Senator, um, Senator Lupe Contreras, uh, he basically, you know, voted against it right after my testimony and was like, well, if you're so scared all the time, why don't you just stay home? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Most people, most people have to work really hard. At, at, at getting a getting even on a podium of the asshole Olympic, and this <laughs> just took gold, silver, and bronze with one statement. I mean that that's pretty. He's the Usain Bolt of dickheads. So that was cool. <laughs> it was impressive, really. I mean, look, if you're gonna be a jerk, be legendary. And then, of course, you shed a light on who he is. And then people got to see he made horrible statements all the time, especially about women. Yes. Yeah. So I looked into it because, I mean, even though we didn't get the interview because, uh, well, let's let's not talk about my failures as a podcaster. Um, (laughs) I did look into your entire story. I looked into dude and everything. So he said that, did the bills pass through the Arizona, did they pass and become law? It did not. It passed through the Senate Judiciary Committee, and then I believe it it went back to the House and it died. Um, It was kind of a weird session anyway, so I'm not super surprised, but Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that we can get that bill brought back this session. Yeah, so during the speech today, I came out because uh, I really wanted to tell Arizona what it's like living behind enemy lines. And mm-hmm. you know that living in New York, you, yes, weren't, you weren't a Second Amendment advocate then, so you might not have been as frustrated as you are as a Second Amendment advocate and know all the stupidity, but you knew the law was preventing you from carrying. And it's like, yeah, they're trying to push that across the country regardless of where you are. So what happened after that with you? Um, After the initial time that I testified, uh, I did end up going back actually a couple of times to testify. Yeah, I went like by myself. I didn't care. I had my teal Mm -hmm. shirt on. I didn't give a shit. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) They knew who I was. Uh Um, and but all of my other experiences were good. Uh, it was just that one incident that, you know, he was I mean, <laughs> and <laughs> there, there was one point also when he was giving his response. Now, mind you, also, he didn't have to res- like he didn't have to give a reason why he was voted. No, he asked for the time to explain why he voted. No, mm-hmm. just to be a freaking jerk. And when he was talking, I just got up and I sat right in front of him. 
<laughs> and I just smiled at him. And he's like, oh, well, you can sit there and stare at me all you want, ma'am. I'm not talking about you. I was like, well, then who are you talking about? Don't lie to me. Like, don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I read that. I'm like, really? You're yeah. not talking to her? So who, yeah. who are you speaking to? <clears throat> because all the other people weren't here. You lifelong hunting Democrat. <laughs> right. Yes. He's a he's a hunter. Ugh. Like, what does that have to do with it? Great. Um, I like playing lawn dodge and smoking cigars. What, what, I mean, <laughs> I name my hobbies too. What, what, what are you doing? Right? I like whiskey. <laughs> like, I, what are you, we're just going to make random statements? Like, <laughs> what do you have? Tourette's? Right. Right. <laughs> Don't mess with total. Like, what are you gonna say, dude? <laughs> oh God. So that's cool, man. You didn't get intimidated by douche pickle, and uh, you went back <laughs> because yeah, I've been there. I don't even know what I said during my very first testimony. I was that. It's not even terrified. It was that nervous that I wrote a three-minute speech. I said it. I got applause. I cannot tell you what it was. Thank God somebody recorded it or I wouldn't have it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I was that nervous because the whole thing is set up to make you feel like you're going to meet people that are at, on a higher like plane than you or something. It's like, these are important people. So the table's low. They sit high. Yep. Uh, this long, introduce yourself. And I'm like, about a third time, I'm like, people work for me. People sash you in a heartbeat. Thank you. That's. <laughs> yeah. So, and then they got to the point that I was just disgusted with them. And I don't want to see their stupid face or lose a day at work. I don't blame you. you no, know, I mean, look, I think everyone should testify. I think you should do it a couple of times, get the feel, hit your Senate, hit your assembly. And if you want to continue, cool. But I look at what I do already. I have 20 events scheduled that I'm going to have to take time off of work for this year. Plus, I'm taking a week off in May to tour three states uh, to do diversity shoots there. I'm like, bro, I am not wasting my time with your, hey, whatever you're doing, stop it. We're having a, you know, a vote Thursday and you have to show up. Well, it's Wednesday at noon. Right. <laughs> like, you, you didn't know this at the beginning of the week? Right. Yeah, and you so, gotta drop everything to show up. Yeah, yeah, and they do that on purpose. Don't tell me your schedule is so short that you only have a twelve-hour notice when you have a senate hearing. Right. Yeah. So you want you do no research on it? Where y'all Google it while y'all in the chair? Because you're definitely <laughs> not paying attention to us. <laughs> so that's cool, man. I mean, I got to try to. My interviews are conversations, and I I tend to bounce around. So, yeah, you said you have, what is your, I don't know if I want to call it a disability, but what do you have, uh, like, how does that work? Do you just have weak moments and things like that? Um, so it's a genetic mutation that causes your body to produce faulty collagen. So I like to explain it as like, you know, you like a normal house is built out of bricks. My house is built out of cardboard, right? Okay. Nice. <laughs> it's not very strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, so 
like I'm really prone to injuries. Super. I mean, I can dislocate something just by standing up okay. the wrong way. Gotcha. Um, kind of like a Mr. Glass vibe. If you're all right, nice. with that movie. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you know, it's tough. Like if I were to throw a punch and actually land it, I would break my hand. I would. I would do more damage to myself than I would the freaking person that I was trying to hit. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it, it's rough. <laughs> one of the reasons I'm laughing is because the reference you use like when you said you moved out of new york in your 20s and i'm like wait a minute what are you i thought you were like 30 oh i'm 36 okay cool all right yes I'm like, that, that is that is one plus side to the eller stanlow syndrome is that we do usually look very young so thank you <laughs> you're like i moved out when i'm 26 and i'm like Okay, I, I mean, okay, I thought she was in her 20s initially, but all right, maybe she's 30. I'm like, dude. <laughs> okay, so that that's the gun stuff. That's the diversity. I mean, that's the uh, DC project and the Libertarian Party, and that's all cool because Diana and Cheryl, I swear, if they, if they were pirates, they'd have the most awesome pirate crew because they recruit just amazing women from around the country uh to be in a dc project and no one is like yeah i was sitting around doing nothing in my house and all of a sudden Cheryl todd called me out of the blue it's like no i, I do like and Cheryl met me somewhere and was like hey would you like this additional thing to do <laughs> exactly and i said yes <laughs> oh she, she's and she she was like Hey, Tony, would you like to fly out to Arizona? That's five minutes long. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I'll fly across the country and do this. Yeah, why not? It's beautiful wait, weather at least, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, wait a minute. When are we doing this? Uh, I'm fat all the time. and <laughs> <laughs> You ain't killing me. I'm not August, no. No, July not happening. Yeah, I'm not a second. I'm not a Second Amendment advocate in Arizona in July. So, okay, cool. That's that. But let's talk about you and the cool stuff you do. Um, let's talk about the pinup stuff and and the pinup award-winning pinup model that you are. Yeah, that's something that I got into, uh, gosh, probably about six years ago. Um, I was always really butch, honestly. Like, I was a tomboy. Like, I wore men's clothes for most of my life. And pinup was kind of my way of embracing my feminine side. And it was kind of like a fake it till you make it type of thing. Like, my one friend that got me into pinup she had to like teach me how to be a girl I didn't know <laughs> and like she was a ballerina so she was like freaking perfect she would do all these little you know things with her hands and point her toe and she was like super gorgeous all the time and I was like Kit, how do you do that <laughs> please teach explain me your, me your magic yes teach me your ways so um that was kind of how I got started into it and then uh, the more I did it and as I kind of got more comfortable with that side of myself, it just became my thing. And then I started um, after I broke up with this guy that I was engaged to, I did my first photo shoot, uh, like a legit one. <laughs> 
I was like, you know what? F this. I'm going to treat myself to a photo shoot. And it was cool. The pictures came out awesome. And I submitted them to a bunch of magazines and I got published internationally. And then I was like, well, damn, maybe there's something to this, you know? Oh, laughing at this idiot. Who's friends <laughs> So the one who's the, you, you, your current girlfriend's not in the magazine. Nope. Your, your current girlfriend's. Nope. Well, good job, dumb dumb. <laughs> <laughs> the best revenge ever. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right. So cool. You got in and it started rolling, and I saw the forehead. Like, um, I bought Vargas books, and if people don't know, Vargas actually illustrations in Playboy from the very beginning, I think. Yeah, because he got them in some classic Playboy stuff. Vargas was in it drawing pinups, and it was amazing artwork. So how would you describe what pinup is playing to people all the time? What did you say? I'm sorry, broke up. Oh, just like, what is pinup? Like, what is that kind of art, that kind of modeling? Uh, to me, it's like ultra feminine, um, classy, but a little bit racy, but, you know, not not trashy. Mm-hmm. And just very, like, I kind of like to do like a modern vintage type of vibe. Like I have all the tattoos, right? I have the color mm-hmm. hair. Obviously women back in the forties and fifties didn't have that. So I kind of like to do that and put like my own modern little twist on it. Um, so that would be like modern pinup to me, but like classic yep. pinup is, I mean, you can't go wrong, right? You think of the girls that are like on the noses of the airplanes, like, you know, in world war two yep. or whatever. I mean, Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> Betty page. <laughs> yep. All of that. And, and then it just hit me. It's the phone operator, the switchboard operators in the John Wick movie. Yes. That it just clicked with me. I'm like, what modern? Yep. Switchboard operators in the John Wick movie. I mean, they had some group of ladies or some magazine put together called suicide girls. And that's kind of yes. like it. I told you I was into this. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, it's a form of art in my opinion. And, and, I think it's amazing and it's pretty cool. Me that uh, cool. Whoa, we're still here. All right, cool. Yeah, I don't know what's up. Yeah, I saw that. It didn't break up too bad. Uh, If if it did go quiet, things and you missed it it was the greatest radio ever so sad <laughs> you missed out on that <laughs> now uh also so let's talk about the you carry and you have been carrying for about yes carry guns have you been? uh actually only two my first one was a little tiny ruger lcp and I'm a bigger person. Like I'm like five, nine, five, 10, and I have bigger hands too. So that little 380 was tiny. I didn't like shooting it. Um, so after a couple of years, I ended up getting a Glock 43, just okay. the regular one. Um, the X hadn't come out yet, which I'm kind of salty about. Cause I like the X, but I, I just, 
I just just have my little 43 and that's what I carry. I like it because it's comfortable. It's a single stack. So it's a little bit easier to conceal under my clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little bit lighter. So I I really like it. It's uncomfortable shooting it, which is like number one priority for me. Yeah, definitely. So uh, did you become a classes? Like what is, what is your, uh, your deal with, uh, you know, how, how do you practice? Because again, you, you have, it's, 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 it's going to be a self-defense shoot no matter how this goes down. So right. <laughs> you practice or what do you do? Um, I do. So I ended up like when I first got my um, concealed carry, I was really good friends with a guy that worked at a range. So he kind of taught me the ropes and then um, living in Florida, like it's the gun shine state. Everybody has guns. (laughs) So I had a lot lot of friends that I would go shoot and we would shoot just in their backyard, you know? Nice. Um, So I, yeah, I used to go shooting all the time there. And then um, since I met my husband, my husband is a Marine Corps veteran, and he actually was a combat weapons instructor in the Marine Corps. So, uh, yeah, he's a, you know, infantry rifleman, so he knows his shit, and he actually enjoys teaching, and he's really, you know, like, um, my sister went shooting with him for the first time, and she was really nervous about shooting, and he's super mellow like people think because he was in the marine corps he's gonna be like drill sergeant like what are you doing (laughs) and he's not like that at all he's super chill which is how you you know you especially like the first time you're shooting if you're nervous you don't want somebody that's gonna be like yelling at you so (laughs) most people most in the corps and have no idea I'm, i'm a marine corps veteran Oh, you are? Yeah. So the time you don't get yelled at in boot camp is at the range. Right. Because you have a gun. Yep. <laughs> so all of a sudden, everybody. <laughs> Only for two weeks. Only for two weeks. But everybody. Hey, Maureen. Excuse me. Hey, recruit. Uh, listen, this is how you do <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought I was a piece of crap mother effer. And now all of a sudden, it's like. Excuse me, recruit. (laughs) Who's this soft-spoken motherfucker here? (laughs) All all of a sudden, the personnel at the range are like, hey, recruit, that's not the way that's done. Hello, my brother in Christ. (laughs) So that's cool. Yeah, so he's taught me a lot. Nice. Yeah. So, okay. Um, You carry and... Your second amendment advocate, and now uh, your mom, and you have a kid with the coolest freaking onesie I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm oh. glad you like that. Yes, he's two weeks old. Yep. And that's also, I wanted to kick myself because I'm like, dude, how's the baby? How are you out of the house? What's going on? You came to this? <laughs> like, all of that was popped up in my head when I saw the picture, and I'm like, I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you took him to a lemon rally. Yep, his first two A rally. <laughs> is the Wu Tang is for the children ones? Yes, bro. I it almost broke myself laughing when I saw that <laughs> because all I could hear is the clip being played on Howard Stern or ODB talking about Wu Tang is for the children's. So good. 
Oh, God, that was so great. So, Lauren, Lauren Liberty, please yes, tell everybody how they can reach you, all of your Twitter and, and your website and everything. Oh, yeah. My website is laurenliberty.com. I'm the worst, and I honestly haven't really updated it. Uh, but <laughs> all my links to my socials are on there. But if you're on Twitter, that's where I'm the most active. Uh, my uh, handle is at Lauren underscore Liberty underscore. I'm on Instagram. I don't really post a whole lot on there, and I can never remember what the hell my username is. Not <laughs> <laughs> important. It's not terribly. Twitter's where it's at. I do all my shit posting on Twitter. <laughs> Dude, I, I love it. Uh, you dressed as one of the witches from Hocus Pocus Halloween. Yes. Yep. I thought that was cool. I Thank thought you. you looked really good. Thank <clears throat> you. Um, I just find it funny. It's like, Tony, you know these people? Yeah, I mean, I follow them. I look at stuff. But, man, meeting in real life, dude, that was hilariously. I'm like, hey. <laughs> was like oh i'm an idiot i don't remember oh that's <laughs> all remember. i'm listen you probably meet a million people i don't i don't take well, it personally don't worry my whole thing is this everyone i meet i'm glad to meet yeah whether it's the first time i'm meeting you or the fifth time. <laughs> <laughs> uh listen guys i mean y'all know i ain't bright but i'm the largest pound for pound gun bunny in america <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that everybody's blown away by that. And I'm like, dude, started as a joke, became a thing. I love it. I'm like, how many other freaking gun bunnies out there selling a the t-shirt with them in a bubble bath? I'll tell you how many zero except no. me, baby. Yep, you cornered <laughs> that market, man. I nailed it. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know why y'all so nervous. I definitely know. Dude, I got dudes stalking me. So somehow, yeah, I mean, I would not want to be a woman in doing this. <laughs> it's That's rough, man. Oh, my gosh. But the, the bros, look, I really appreciate everybody that follows me, everybody that supports me. But sometimes the sausage party gets a little out of hand. They're doing a little too much. And talk about stuff. Listen, man, why don't you follow me and stuff like that? And it's all cool and we can have a conversation, but uh we ain't holding hands, dog. So why don't you <laughs> step on back? <laughs> oh my god. But I'm glad to have you on. I'm um I'm really uh blown away by the ignorance of this dude because usually they don't say these parts out loud. Yeah. And I, I, I'm glad you got him to show himself. Of course, it does absolutely nothing because his constituents will allow them, their guy, and this goes to both major political parties, they'll allow their guy to do anything and make it. Yep. That's one of the sickening things. Now, I'm not a political party dude. Like, I don't have one or the other. I tell you to do your research and vote based on issues. Mm-hmm. And, and and hold them accountable when they don't support you. So that's regardless of the party. And I'm like, y'all will accept any scumbag as long as he has a red or a blue tie on and that's your dude. Legit. And I'm like, that's a very childlike way of actually giving your rights away. Yes, yes. And then, you know, for me, being third party, people always say, oh, well, you're throwing your vote away. I'm like, Dude, as if voting for one douchebag or the other isn't vote throwing your vote away. <laughs> like, don't come for me. 
what the what the heck did somebody do? Um, so you're either eating a turd covered, uh, was it a turd covered in food or food covered in shit? When you pick one party or the other, sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, what is? Listen, you owe no loyalty to any party. Make them earn your vote. And when I say that, people look at me like I just like gave them some kind of riddle of the sinks or something. <laughs> like, you know, make them earn your vote. Yeah. As a black man in this country, there's an entire political party that somehow thinks if I don't vote for them, I'm not black. Oh, yeah. I love that. Or that you don't know how to even vote. Yeah. Well, you know, reading is hard and I can't figure out the Internet. <laughs> well, if you look at the fact that I haven't updated my webpage since 2019, you may believe that. I'm waiting for a white man to come and show me how to do it. Um, oh, nah, oh, poor Tony. I know it really sucks. And now that I'm not black anymore, too, because I didn't vote for the last <laughs> dude, dude, it's upset. It's been a rough year for me. I mean, I, I was used to being black. I knew the food and the music. I, I, I was able to tolerate hot sauce. Actually, I, I rather enjoyed it. Um, do, you, do you find that mayo is spicy now or oh dude i'm just trying to get i'm like well y'all talk about spicy i don't understand is that a joke because this is the blandest food ever but i guess i'll get used to it <laughs> wait a minute I, i'm supposed to call it aioli now and not mayo <laughs> you know it's mayo. you put garlic in the mayo that ain't spicy that's just freaking weird You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's that's me trying to get used to being white. I mean, it's it's just really rough. I don't even know what to do with myself showing up at work an hour early. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> the traffic pattern's weird. Just... <laughs> what did y'all do for that hour? Hey, listen, if I'm getting paid to show up at 12, I'm showing up at 12. I'm not showing up a minute sooner. <laughs> Black for a long time. I show up fifteen minutes late for my shirt because if I'm gonna be late, I ain't gonna be hungry. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> you believe yeah, I'm like, well, I'm gonna show up late. I actually did that. I was I was doing a live. <laughs> I was doing a face. And I'm like, well, the road's coming up, and I can either go left or go to work at a and uh, go get something to eat in a row. Guess what? I <laughs> hit up Mickey D's, huh? Oh, not even. I think I hit up a, a, a nicer place because they had <laughs> cheese sandwich and rolled in. A coffee drinking with my pinky out with an attitude like you lucky I showed up. <laughs> it's Monday. Got a sprint. <laughs> I just wanted to have some fun with you. I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, I don't even know when I'm going to put this out because we did a thing with uh, Rhonda, so I might just do it the next week and do that, or I might just put it out in the AZ show and the heck with it. <laughs> yeah. Show's gonna be like an uh show's gonna be like two hours long. I don't care. Listen to it, don't listen to it. <laughs> I enjoy it. I hate when people cut a show up though. It's like cool, we had fun. 
Let's go with it. Listen to the whole thing. It's in the car. You can start it over again. You ain't paying for it. It's on Spotify. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. And um, hopefully we run into each other. Are uh, you going to NRAM or the baby's going to keep you at home? Um, Probably not going to be going. Yeah, probably be staying home for that. I got you. Well, they got some yeah. different stuff. And hopefully uh, Cheryl invites me back next year because I'm trying to make like maybe a week out of it, have a diversity shoot. Uh, nice. Yeah, I want to I want to turn it into an entire thing, maybe uh, do some range work with someone and, and just make this into like a two way adventure weekend for this 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 uh, two way rally. I think it would be really important to get a lot of people involved in shooting at the time. It'll be a great opportunity for us. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds amazing. Oh, I think I might have lost you. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And um, see you next time. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. It was great to meet you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, Tony. <laughs> Hey guys, we're going into shout outs. This is President's Day weekend. Uh, we have the first diversity shoot scheduled for March 16th at Gun for Higher Range. Can't wait to see you there. Uh, but this shout out is to everyone that's been supporting me since this thing started. All you guys that donated so we can, uh, I could go to Vegas for SHOT Show, donated to help with the <laughs> expenses of coming out here for this event and I really feel this is important that I came out here not only to speak to people in Arizona uh, that are fighting for the Second Amendment fight but for people to understand that the Second is for everyone can and will become a nationwide event I'm pushing for this we're trying to make this thing grow so I'm putting a lot of effort in this 2023 to be seen as a nationwide event and yes to do that I told you at the end of last year that I'm going to need funding for this and I'm 100% uh, going to need that so I, I need your help <clears throat> in any way you can uh, help me out I'm gonna have a crap ton of giveaways uh, coming in different ways and we're talking like AR-15 uppers that way the company can send them directly to either me and I can send them out if because uh, one of them wants me to make videos another one want, can ship them directly to you from the company just drop shipping from there to your house and i have nothing to do with it after i picked the you know winning name and uh, i have other materials and things we're working on so yeah this year's gonna be lit but without you not possible so i really like to thank all of you that ever donated that shared my post that did anything to get word out about the second is for everyone diversity shoot this podcast and any of the work we do Thank you. Thank you to all the people that joined other Second Amendment groups and and just take took my advice to how to get into the fight, took a chance and stepped into the arena. This is going to be a generational fight. You're needed. If you can't do it this week, you do it next week, you do it the week after that. But you have to get in a fight. And yes, it is a fight. Sorry. But uh, to all, anybody who wants to sit around and say it's not, you're living in a fantasy world. 
Because the fight for freedom never stops. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. There was never a time that the United States government became the good guy. It's still a government made of human beings. Human beings that crave power. And human beings that get power and do shady stuff. Don't think there were only one party or the other one on Epstein Island. Don't think it's one party or the other one taking bribes. Don't think it's one party or the other one using insider trading that's legal for them to do as they manipulate the market. Don't think it's one party or the other that's pro-gun control. It's both. That's why the American people have to fight. That's why we have to work to take back control of our country. That's why we have to work. And really, I think now, over 200 years later, the American citizen, the everyday citizen, is going to have to start taking back the wheel of how to run this nation by having people like you and me and your friends who really believe in the Second Amendment not only volunteer and help fund local pro-2A candidates in every party, we're going to have to support third and fourth party candidates. We're going to have to bust up the system and we're going to have to start running ourselves. If we do not take control, if we do not change things up, it's going to be bad because there's not really two parties. There's us versus them. There's the powerful versus the citizen. And as you see, your rights have been going away. I mean, you really have to be under 30 and I know people under 30 that still see their rights change and life in America has life in America isn't like it was when they were kids and when you have a 27 year old tell you that you know the change is happening a lot faster so this is a shout out to all of you guys thank you we're gonna have to do more we're gonna have to fight harder we're going to have to work for it towards the freedoms that are said to be in this country. We're going to have to work towards them. We're going to have to throw off the yoke of excessive government overreach. Everybody knows it except when it's your guys reaching in your pocket and then you're going to pretend to turn a blind eye to it. That's ridiculous. You're still getting robbed. So, hey, this has been an awesome trip out here i'm gonna go ahead and put this out and if anything else weird happens or different happens while i'm in phoenix i'll just post up and maybe do just a separate little audio thing and put it out but right now awesome time out here uh, met some great people ate some good food and uh can't wait to get back and get to having diversity shoots thank you again you can donate at diversityshoot.com uh, I'm keeping the giveaway open for the raffle open for the brace, uh, $5 per opportunity. That helps us raise the monies uh, to do what we do. So thank you very much. Have a great day. And as Reverend Ken Blanchard said, I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it.